When his wife is not looking, he puts his hand into her pocketbook and takes out some of her cash. He's stealing. But worse than that is if you say unfriendly words, words that hurt. It's much worse than stealing. You better say that. Stealing, you can pay back. With hurt feelings, you can't pay back. Stealing is the money. Hurt feelings in the person's body is nervous. Stealing doesn't say, but when you say hurtful words, it says you should be afraid of Hashem. Of course, every wrong thing should be afraid of Hashem. But hurtful words, the husband and the wife sometimes keep on exchanging for long years. They are doing tremendous sins against each other. And I call this brotherhood looking. It's photographed. And everything is going to be reminded of these people when the time comes. Nothing is forgotten. You have to learn that hurtful words are much worse than hurtful than stealing somebody's money. Two storekeepers. This storekeeper, when you come inside his store and he puts the merchandise on the scale, he has to see that he doesn't put his hand on the scale too. Not honest. But he's a polite fellow. He asks questions, he doesn't mind. There's another one, you wouldn't do such a thing. Wouldn't think of cheating you in anything. He asks him any questions, he gets angry at you. Oh, you want to say, that one is the worst. He's a more dishonest one. The one that hurts people's feelings, that's a dishonest man. But that's much worse than taking money. So we begin to see it's a subject that requires total learning. There are many more subjects like that. And people didn't learn are walking in darkness all their lives. Now when it comes to emunah, to loyalty to Hashem, for instance, the UO has a magazine called Jewish Action. The last number, they print a big article Cosmology, Genesis, Evolution. Say the world is made not in six days, in six billion years. You owe. They say that the Ramban wouldn't care if he and an ape came from the same ancestor. It's a main article, a terrible thing. The whole year should close down because of that, because of it. Nobody says anything. Everybody's nice and polite. Here's a case with Mamish. Open up the courses against the Torah, and it's an Orthodox magazine read by all the queen people in the Queens. All the Queens people read it. There are thousands of Bahamas who swallow that poison. And nobody says anything. Everybody should rise up and protest. Should shout at them. Write letters to them. Let them know. Now, I'll just give you an example how the world walks in darkness. And all kinds of wicked things are being done, and nobody even thinks about them. That's the subject here. Million dollars. 
page five, it lines up from the bottom. We learned yesterday. On the subject of tzedek, that's one of the middas that he recommends to work on one week at a time. That this matter of being righteous to our fellow man is the foundation of the entire Torah. <coughs> now, we must understand as follows. There's no such thing as a sin against man. It's only if I call the Jibarahu considers it wrong as a sin against Hashem. If you sin to your fellow man, you have sinned against Hashem. And I call the Jibarahu wishes that you should do harm to your fellow man, then it's considered the will of Hashem. Let's say, when you have to execute a murderer, <clears throat> even though he cries out, have pity on me, Torah says, have no pity on him. <clears throat> because we don't pity people, we do what Hashem commands us to do. He told us to pity people, and when he told us, this person should not pity. We don't pity. But honor your father and mother. But suppose your father and mother tell you to do something against the Torah, so you don't honor them. So you see, everything depends on what Hashem says is right or not. So now we come down to the basic conclusion that all of our obligations are obligations to Hashem alone. But the importance of being other mahavei of our behavior to our fellow man is emphasized by the following fact: that what you are to your fellow man, that you are to Hashem. You cannot change your behavior if you are disloyal to your fellow man. Then you'll be disloyal to Hashem. If you're arrogant against your fellow man, you'll be arrogant against Hashem. For instance, it states, when Moshe came to Pari, so he said, Lo yadati yes Hashem. I don't know Hashem. You talk to me in the name of Hashem, I don't know Hashem. And Moshe said, how did Pari come to say that? Because it says, "Ayokam elachodesh al Mitzrayim," a new king arose over Mitzrayim. Asher lo yodas. Yes, he didn't know Yosef. How could it be that a ruler of Egypt didn't know what Yosef had done? It was in the history, in the archives, in the records of that kingdom that Yosef saved Egypt. So how could it be that he didn't know Yosef? Answer is, he didn't want to know him. The new king. Didn't want to be grateful to Yosef. So Mother says, because he wasn't grateful to Yosef, I said, Lord, this Yosef, Lord, your doubt, yes, I said, didn't know Hashem either. When a person is he denies the favor somebody had done to him, he's safe for the caper, then he'll deny the favor that Hashem does to him. 
if a person denies the favors, doesn't recognize, doesn't remember the favors that a person had done to him, then he won't remember the favors that Hashem did to him. You cannot be good to Hashem if you're not good to people. And therefore, when we talk about tzaddik towards your fellow man, actually it's the word tzaddik. Tzaddik means to be righteous to Hashem. You cannot be righteous to Hashem if you're not righteous to your fellow man. If you're mean to your fellow man, try to find faults and complain against him, you're going to complain against Hashem too. You'll be dissatisfied what Hashem does for you. That's human nature. You cannot say to our people, I'll act one way, and to Hashem a different way. So now we're learning the importance of tzedek is, is a criterion, a measure by which we can know what is your relationship to Hashem. And that's why when the Geir came to Hillel and said, Teach me, call out Terah Kulawat, I stand on one foot. He wanted the Terah in as brief a form as possible. Hillel said, Yes. I'll tell you that briefly. What you don't want people to do to you, don't do to others. That's called a terikula. So the question is, does that include everything? Answer is yes. Because if a person does to others what he wouldn't want people to do to him, that means he'll do to Hashem things. That Hashem does to a man so many favors and a man ignores the favors and he'll be disloyal to Hashem. It's because he's disloyal to people too who did him favors. And therefore, we understand now it's not two departments in the Torah. One department being Odom HaVere and one department Odom HaMokhen. It's all Ben Odom Lamok. Only Ben Odom Havere is more frequent. It's more opportunities. And therefore, if we're more careful Ben Odom Havere in the course of time, you are going to be more careful also the way you behave toward Hashem. Now we're going on from the five lines up from the bottom. Omurah B'Sin is out. Chabakur came and he put the whole Torah on one thing, on one basis. It means the whole Torah can be included in one sentence. A tzaddik will live because of his trustworthiness. If his loyal and trustworthy. That's only one meter. But we see that being loyal and trustworthy covers everything. You're loyal to people. You're trustworthy to people. Don't tell secrets about people that they didn't want you to tell anybody. Don't go out and reveal things about people. And don't try to find fault in people for nothing. So also, that's going to be your measure of your loyalty to Hashem. So tzaddik be'emunos, tzaddik will live 
because of his loyalty and faithfulness. A man of loyalty and faithfulness will have many blessings. Someone is in a hurry to get wealthy. He wants to make money quick, even in a dishonest way. He's disloyal to people, dishonest to them, and he will not be held innocent. Means Hashem said, even though you did it against people, I'll consider it as you did it against me. Lo yenake. It won't be held innocent as if you had only done to people. No, you did it against me, Hashem said. And also, a person does business with loyalty and honesty, and his property will increase. Because people have confidence in this loyalty. And always be willing to invest their money with him, to trust him with their money. Now, all this is not a reward. The fact that Hashem gives these people success because people trust them is not a reward. It's only a form of encouragement they should keep on doing these things. But the reward is only in Olam Haba. This world is too small to pay the reward of good deeds. But if tzaddikim are rewarded in this world, is not a payment, it's only encouragement to continue doing good deeds. Like a man who has a good worker. So he wants to encourage the worker, he puts in electric fan or air conditioner to help the worker remain cool. But he doesn't deduct that in a man's salary. That's not part of his salary, no. His salary will be a salary anyhow, no matter what he does for the worker. Only this is done in order to encourage the worker to do more and better work. And therefore the tzaddikim, Hashem gives them success in order to encourage them to be bigger tzaddikim. First step to hear. I'll skip down to the fifth line. Vinema. If a person does these things, he will live because of them. Gives them life. It means, Hashem says, you know how to utilize your life. Don't waste your days. You're making your best use of your hours and your days and your weeks and your months. You're living for a purpose. If that's the case. I'll give you more life, more days, more weeks, more months, more years. Now, the is all that's true. On the Yedim Achshav, Kesa, Tlulo Kolatir, he doesn't know 
now how the entire Torah is included in this one commandment of Sadi Bemenoshiya. He thinks he doesn't understand fully how everything is included in that. The Aimbiodeno the Hosho Yesuhara. We cannot answer the Yesuhara. Ulumus Ulam and the world the nation of the world. Matam the Shatna. Why is there shotness? What's the issue of shotness? If you would say everything is included in honesty to your fellow man, how does shotness come in there? Or Poraduma? We'll soon see there is an answer that's not too difficult. When we call Mokim, Kululin, the Chinu Afilu, Eslenu, Mitzvah Shvinodon All Mitzvahs Shvinodon Chavera surely are included in Sali Beminos Yichim. We go on. To refrain from stealing somebody's property. Abla, injustice, and deceit. Kina, jealousy, sinna, animosity, malshinas, being a mosa to cause a person harm by reporting him to the government. All these seeds are included. And also all the mitzvahs of lending money to people, giving zakat to the poor, and so on. However, although he said we don't see how this mitzvah includes everything, the truth is you could see it, because, as we stated above, whenever a person fulfills his obligation to his fellow man, that man is going to fulfill the obligation to Hashem. When it comes to shotness, you'll say, you know, Hashem gave me the baguette. All you want, I should see, it's not shotness. Hashem gives you a baguette. If that's a big problem, it should be non-shotness. And therefore, when he asks why you need a mezuzah, but Hashem gives you a house, a place to live. Shouldn't you show your gratitude by putting a mezuzah on? But Hashem gives you a head. You want a head, don't you? You must have a head. So he says, put film on your head. And therefore, all the mitzvahs are forms of gratitude for something. And therefore, even if we don't see why Poradumis came into us, but Hashem, who gave us life and gives us food, and He said, I want to paradume, that's the gratitude. And therefore, the whole Torah is based on gratitude. And gratitude is part of the loyalty, emunah. So before we leave this subject, we want to sum up now that to be our true servant of Hashem, you have to be decent to your fellow man. Now, Rambam adds something queer. Amam says, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokein Hashem Echot. Shema Yisrael, Yisrael. You should listen. Not only why I'm telling you now, you should listen to what people say to you. Listen to what your fellow man talks to you. When people talk to you, don't ignore them. Isn't that a queer thing? Shema Yisrael, 
listen to what your fellow man says. When your wife tells you something, listen. When people tell you something, listen. Don't ignore them. You have to learn to be a listener. The highest form of listening to listen to Hashem, but Hashem wants to be a listener. Or the same thing, lo The commandment should not be like Kerach. Now Kerach made a rebellion against Moshe Rabbeinu. But suppose somebody is just quarreling with un- unimportant people, how can you compare it to a quarrel against Moshe Rabbeinu? The answer is no. When they say you shouldn't be like you shouldn't quarrel, that's all. A man quarreled with his wife, or wife quarreled with her husband, quarreled with neighbors, you're either on Loyia Kekir Hadassah. You shouldn't be a quarreler. So the Ramam has a principle. Whenever it says anything connected to our Kodesh Bolahu, he wants us to learn from that that we should behave the same way towards people. That's an important lesson. That's a Chiddush too. And therefore, when you say, My Dalach Sanah Chava Hulu and Rashi has one page, with a Chava Akkadish Bol, that's a real Chava. Reachal, Reavicha. It's your friend and your father's friend. When you don't want done to you, don't do it to your best Chava Akkadish Bol. He calls it your real friend. Don't do it to him. And so, Midas Toivas are really a form of serving Hashem. Good character is a form of serving Hashem. A man who has good character cannot help but serving Hashem in the right way. But that's his character. We're on Ayan Hay. The second line. The subject is working on tzedek, which is actually a very wide and broad subject, <coughs> tzedek. Now, when people must make some kind of a statement or do some kind of an act, it is important to consider beforehand, is that tzedek or not? Sometimes the most decisive action is taken in just one sentence. Sometimes you can ruin a family or ruin Khalil yourself by making a wrong statement. And therefore, this would be the right way before you make any statement or do anything to think it over. How much, even a moment, is valuable. However, that's not enough. The Siddur Shisham states the beginning of his Sefer that all the rules that he is going to quote in his Sefer are usually known to most people. And who's his day? Nowadays, it's not so, but his day, the rules were known to most people. And yet, they know only the rules. But when it comes to practicing the details, then they don't understand 
many times they don't realize that this belongs to that rule. The rule includes hundreds of cases. And you can't state all the cases beforehand in this forum. And therefore, when people do things and don't realize that they belong to this and this rule, let's say the rule is has to be tzedek. Is it tzedek? Don't even enter their mind as a question of tzedek involved here. And sometimes very important decisions are made in just one sentence or one act. And therefore, it's not enough to learn the rules. It's very important, by the way. Most people did not learn all the rules. But not enough to learn all the rules. We have to learn as many examples of the rules as we can find. Now, the Sforim are full of such examples. But you have to be in contact with the Sforim. The Torah, the Vimakshubim, are full of examples of these rules, details. The Gemara, Medrashim, Sforim, Chavis and as many examples as you can learn are not too many because that's a very big problem understanding that this belongs to this and this rule Gezel for instance Gezel seems to be taking with somebody's property stealing but there's so many cases that are included in Yezel and people don't think, don't realize that they are the ones who are transgressing the laws of Yezel. What they're doing is Yezel. And therefore you have to learn all those Gemaras as much as possible. The ignorant person doesn't realize how many things he's transgressing. There's a woman making a decision. Decision? She wants to move. And she's giving reason why she wants to move. She doesn't realize by moving away, she's ruining her family. She's moving to the suburbs where her children will be in wrong contacts. Who knows what will happen to them? And she gives superficial ideas why it's good to move doesn't understand that she's doing something that is a destruction for herself and her husband and all her children. Again and again, people do that. They don't know what tzaddik means. Tzaddik means, for instance, be together with tzaddikim. Tzaddikim, let's say, are certainly more numerous in Flatbush than they are in Paris and New Jersey. And people who move, let's say, from Flatbush to Paris and New Jersey are doing the opposite of Tzedek. Don't tell me stories that they opened up a kosher a butcher shop in that place. Now there's a Shemir Shabbat's bakery. All good things are happening there. What's happening there is just for the future. Right now, 
you're forsaking a place where your children have good chinuch, where your husband has good children, going into another place where most of the people have TV, and most of the people, or many of them go to movies. That's the kind of environment you're choosing. It's being done again and again. Don't realize this is the opposite of tzedek. That's only one detail. Tzedek means seek the company of tzedekim. Tzedekim are observant Jews. You must live among observant Jews. That's so important. Moving your way into the suburbs is like committing suicide. I spoke to a woman. I said, why don't you move back to Flatbush? She said, I'll go to a ghetto, which means she looks down on places where all Jews live. She wants to be in a place where Gentiles live. Where Jews live, it's a ghetto. Now, that's a Shemesh Shabbos family. And they look with bizoyan on places where from Jews live together. Now, take another example. When people decide to separate, to divorce, they're doing the opposite of Sedek. Sedek means husband and wife have to stick together. If a woman makes a fuss, he abused me, he insulted me, he called the police. Police always listen to the women. Drive him out of the house. She gets an order of protection. Now she's a robber. The fact that she robs a man of his home by means of the Gentile police is absolutely a case of robbery. I should be held accountable in the initial mind. I hold up. You can't drive that man out of the house. Don't like it? Go out of the house yourself. You can't drive him out of the house. Besides, even for yourself, it's a ruination. So to make a break between husband and wife is the opposite of setting. To fight with your daughter-in-law is the opposite of setting. If somebody says a word to a daughter-in-law, There'll never be peace again. The daughter-in-law with her husband, if they fight, they make peace from time to time. They get together like husband and wife get together. But the daughter-in-law with her mother will never get together. And you want to say a mean word? It's a split, a rift forever. There's a mother-in-law. She heard that her son was quarreling with her daughter, with her daughter-in-law. So the mother-in-law came into the picture and said to the daughter, I'm giving an ultimatum. You must go to a psychologist. A crazy idea. Just because of her son who was quarreling with her daughter-in-law, she wants her daughter-in-law to go to a psychologist. Don't give ultimatums to a daughter-in-law. To a daughter-in-law, you give money, you give cover, no ultimatums. And there is opposite setting. It's wickedness. Oh, she doesn't think it's wickedness. She would not it's wicked, let's say, to buy meat in a tape of butcher shop. She wouldn't buy, let's say, uh, in a pork store. And she understands. But this is worse than a pork store. It's opposite of Sadek. 
Now, there are thousands of such things. And that's why the learning of details is extremely important. As many instances as you can hear, and so when they come up in our lives, oh, we heard already, this is something you have to avoid. Otherwise, ignorant people rob and do harm. Sometimes they cause people to be in danger of their lives by their carelessness. When a man is careless in driving, he careens around the corner, and people are crossing because they have the red light. He wants to turn. He's endangering people's lives. And even though, let's say, he passes within an inch of their nose successfully, but he has risked a life. To risk a human life is a tremendous sin. Don't risk lives. And therefore, in driving, when I turn the corner and you don't put on your light to blink as you're going to turn the corner, it's a real Isha Daraisa. Isha Daraisa to turn the corner without putting on the blinker. Because you're putting people's lives in danger. Isha Daraisa is there. Where's uh, such a thing in the Torah? Where's it in the Shulchan The answer is it's included. Absolutely included. The Rambam has a section called Hilchus Ritzayach Hashmiras HaNefesh laws of the murder and how to guard human lives. Safety. That's a queer thing. It lumps together two subjects. Murder and safety of human lives. Because being careless with safety, Rambam calls murder. Hilchas Ritzayach Ushmiras HaNefesh You have to get in our minds. Responsibility for safety is the same as responsibility of Shrita's Dome. That's why in the Torah, when a man goes into the forest to chop wood, and he didn't know somebody else was there, and he killed that person in it unintentionally by moving his axe, he has to go to Golis. All this like prison. And you go to Golis and stay there until the current Godel dies. And he didn't want to kill anybody. He didn't think anybody was nearby. But it's a public place. And you have to think maybe somebody is there. If he came into your your own yard and you didn't notice him, you don't go into Golis. Because you have no business in your yard. But in the public place, like a forest, they had a right to go there. And it's your job, even though it's a far-fetched idea, if you never learned it, you won't think about it. So now you know, if you go into the forest to chop a tree down, you have to look around. Each time you pick up your axe, look around. Maybe somebody will be coming in now. Maybe somebody will be nearby. That's because you learned it. Now, among the very many things that people have to learn is the necessity to be careful with other people's money. 
Let's say a man borrows money from the middle of the house, from the mark for yeshiva. He borrows, let's say, five hundred dollars. That doesn't pay back. He feels well. I didn't borrow from an individual. It was a public stock farm. And so years pass by. He doesn't realize that he's a thief. You borrowed with the promise to pay back. That money belongs to the Sibor. The true case. I once announced when that man was present. I said, anybody who wants to hear some criticism, speak to me. I'll tell you a criticism. Not one person came up. And this person, by the way, is the person who always advocated learning Musa. He's a Peshat of Musa. And he didn't want to borrow $400, $500, never paid it back. It's a Roshe. To be called a Roshe by a Kodesh boy is not a small thing. There are hundreds of such things. You have to learn. Tzedek is the subject we're learning now. It's important to understand, first of all, when you do something or say something, is it Tzedek? But in addition to that, it's important to hear as many examples of tzedek as you can. Because just knowing the rule alone, oh, it's a good thing, by the way. A person who thinks at least, is it tzedek or not, is the exception, was not enough. You have to realize how many things are included in this very important subject. Ayan Hey. First, we'll study the motto for that week that he recommends to work on it. Kimutz means to be frugal, to save, not to waste. Put some parentheses. Chibu momen kosher to show an affection for kosher money. Kosher money has to be respected. Now, the motto, have compassion on your money. Don't waste your money. Not to spend even one penny unnecessarily. Now, this does not seem like a motto for people who are working on righteousness. It sounds like a miser. But now he's telling us that this is one form of emune. Money is not yours. You are a treasurer who's holding it for a Kodesh Baruch. And therefore, you have no right to misuse the money is in your care. Let's say a wealthy man who is a guy by his daughter and a nickel 
from this look and it rolled under the table. So this wealthy man gets down on his hands and knees and looks for the nickel. His wife said, what are you under the table, you? I'm looking for a nickel. A nickel? She laughed at him. And she said, not my nickel, it's Zedokia money. And therefore, the tzaddik says that his money is all according to the his money. The Mara brings, or the Chochemer said, Anole Gabe Abe, I compared to my father, or Cholo Bacham, I'm vinegar the son of wine. Chemis the son of wine. My father was wine. I'm vinegar. Why? My father every day inspected his property. And I inspect only once a week. The father wished to do his duty as a gizber who's holding the land for Hakodesh Baruch He had property. Not my property. He has to take care of it. And every day he inspected it. The son also was loyal to the principle of serving Hakodesh Baruch as a treasure. They only did once a week. So the question rises, why didn't he imitate his father and do it every day like his father did? Answer is, he was afraid that this would be a stimulus for protection of his property, for stinginess. Once a week, he was able to think, I'm doing it to serve Hashem. Every day, I'm afraid that it'll be because of selfishness. And I would be as great as my father, then I would do it every day. So now we begin to see how important it is for a person not to waste his money. Have extra money, put it in the bank. Let it stay there. If a man doesn't have much money, it lets his daughter fly to Yerushalayim. A 17-year-old girl flies to Yerushalayim. What should I go to Yerushalayim for? Cost money. Can she save that money? Another man has a 17-year-old daughter. Let's fly to Los Angeles. It's not kind of a symptom. Now people think it's nothing. Why not? If you have so much money, so give more tzedakah. To take that money and utilize it for useless purposes, you should know you also lit in this hadim. Someday you'll have to give an account. What did you do with the money, Hashem said, that I put in your possession to watch for me? With my money, you yes, I earned it, kosher. You didn't earn anything. Hashem gave it to you. Why did he make you happy with so much money? Because you're a good man. But he made you a treasure just because of that. But it wasn't your money. You have no right to waste money. A wealthy man cannot waste anything. A wealthy man also has to have responsibility for his money. Now that's an idea that very many people don't think about. We know... On Yaakov Avinu, crossed the Yabek, went back at night, 
Why do you go back at night? That's where he met the Malach, who wrestled with him. Why do you go back at night? Uncomfortable to go back at night. They crossed the stream, Yabek. At night he went back. Why you go back? He looks for Pachim Tanim. Maybe he left over some small clay vessels when he had encamped on the other side. Maybe they had left some small clay vessels that he didn't take along. Now, clay vessels are not worth much. And he was a wealthy man. He was a wealthy man, went back at night to look for clay vessels that are worth almost nothing. He was rewarded. When he went back, so I called his boy, gave me a reward. A malach was there, and he wrestled with the malach all night. And that gave him a great superiority. He gained the name Yisroel. A glorious name, Yisroel. How did he gain it? Because of the schus of going back to rescue Pachim Ktanen. And that means he was aware that Akkadish Baruch is the owner of the property. He couldn't say, well, it's nothing to me. Pachim Khanim. See, not to you. It's Hashem's property. Now, this is the attitude. It's important to teach people. People are traveling back and forth to Israel. That's a tremendous sum involved. The mitzvah going to us is, oh, there are plenty of mitzvahs. Why do you choose this mitzvah? It's so expensive. Plenty of tzaddikim don't travel back and forth to us is, And some travel back and forth other places. There's a young fellow, he's a businessman, he's not wealthy. Young business has a vacation. He flies down to Florida for three days. He flies down to Mexico for three days. Other people say, well, you're on vacation, why not? You have to fly to Florida. 
if you're going to Florida for the winter time, just stay there all winter, all right. But to fly for three days to Florida, that means you're just going out for a little diversion and spending money on it. Who gives you the right to spend that money? That's what you think. Flying to Mexico just for a couple of days, are you the right to do that? Now, that's an attitude that most people will not accept. They said, don't be so penny-wise. Don't be so max paid on small amounts. What are $5 today? What's $500 today? $500, nothing? Nothing. For $500 to look here, it gets Olam Haba, tremendous Olam Haba. Now, that's what this week's motto is telling us. Again, first say this aside. Chas Have pity on your money, on your property. Even one penny you should not spend. You don't need it. When he had to go through a field where there were brambles and thorns, and his garments might tear. He picked up the garments so they shouldn't be snagged in the thorns, for the garments scratched his thighs. He came out with scratched thighs. And here's what he said. The thighs will heal themselves, but the garments that they tear won't heal. That's a tremendous statement. Achiste wasn't so poor. Nevertheless, he understood you can't spoil garments. You have to be careful with the garments. You're too careless, it means your mafkir moment is not yours. And so we see the tzaddikim follow this principle. Sometimes to extremes. It seems to us extremes. But it's actually a common sense thing. And today... There's a bank. Once upon a time, they didn't have a bank. And they put money in the bank, let it increase, get interest. It surely is a way of saving Hashem's money. Of course, after 120 years, your children can inherit it, but they're still inheriting Hashem's money. But just because it's yours, and you earned it in a kosher way, gives you no right to spend it carelessly. It's a very important principle learning here. One of the subjects of Kimuts, page Ayan Hay. <coughs> Once more, we'll say the motto, Have compassion on your money. Not to spend even one penny unnecessarily. Now, even though we may not think it's necessary, because 
We live in the era of abundance. And it seems that so much of, of things available that not necessary to worry about saving anything. Nevertheless, it's worth doing it just for the chinuch of training ourselves into the attitude of understanding that Hashem is the owner of everything. Let's say, one paper towel would be sufficient. So you don't use more. I once watched a boy came in with his bike downstairs in the basement here. He was wiping the wheels of his bike. Didn't want to make the shoe dirty. I counted 15 paper towels he took, one after the other. Now, I'm sure he had a good cup on it, not to make the floor dirty, but still, there was a certain attitude of saving money. 15 paper towels. I see people approach the boxes. There's a tzaddik who supplies us with boxes of paper tissues all the time. A certain tzaddik does it. Some people come over and they want a paper tissue, so they take out a whole handful, about 20 at a time. Now that's already a simon that it doesn't feel there's a waste. There's a waste. As a person sitting and learning in upstairs and the lights are on. Doesn't need all the lights to sit upstairs. Electricity costs money. Some people understand that and they sit in the back where the windows are and don't need any lights at all by daytime. That night, they go downstairs where other people are learning so the same lights that are good for others are good for him. That's the idea of chemos. Although you might say, I'll donate money to the shul. I'll make up for it. That doesn't take away the idea of wasting. So even though you may not think it's necessary, but just to train yourself to understand that it's not ours. The Baltashkis to destroy things unnecessarily. And so, when you cut off a big piece of bread, eat up the whole bread, or put away the rest someplace where it'll be used for the second meal. Don't just take a bite out of a big piece of bread and leave it on the table to be thrown away with the garbage. Now, I understand. That's opposed to a mentality of many people. That's why I say, even that's opposed to your mentality, do it anyhow. To train yourself to think that our college brother is looking and he sees this man is wasting my resources. Even he's taking a face tissue. Don't take more than you need. Whatever you do, try to save money on it. Especially with children, it's very important to train them to save their money. Even a little saving account in the bank is very good. We shouldn't be able to withdraw 
unless with the father's consent, but he can deposit. And he should learn a little stocky, yes, but he should know money is not just to, to throw around. Money has to be put away. Of course, he doesn't do it because he thinks it's Hashem's money. Nevertheless, even if a person does it for selfish purposes, it's considered commendable. Don't waste money. So put it away at home. You have a home bank, a box bank, a child's bank. And when it's full, take the money out, deposit it in the real bank. Child should be taught to save money. I don't care what people will say. It's a meter table to be frugal. The people laugh at that. They say, what is it? I said, a girl who goes on a trip to Israel on her own spends how many hundreds of dollars? What about it? They say, are we living on such short uh, rations? Can't afford to spend it. Even you could afford to spend it. Why should you? She says, Adekas, she's going to Shalayim because of a mitzvah. It's just an uh, urge to travel. So why should she be taught luxuries and things that will cost money later in life? Once had a man now, Shul, who went for vacation in the mountains. In the mountains, he was bored. So he took a vacation from the mountains and went to Switzerland, he and his wife. A vacation, a social vacation. People are throwing money around right and left. And it's a sign that they are disregarding the fact that it's not their money. So if you're doing it for selfishness, it's not a great mile, but still it's better than just being wasteful. <laughs> But if people are learning this, if they add the kavan, I'm doing it l'shem shomayim. I'm saving paper towels l'shem shomayim. I am trying to show to myself that I understand that I call this who is the owner, not I. That's a very big accomplishment. To be frugal, l'shem shomayim. And also to take care of your property, l'shem shomayim. Like the case of the man, is that my father inspected his property every day. I only do it once a week. That's why he called himself vinegar, the son of wine. Chemez ben Yaya. His father was wine. And you might say his father wasted so much time Every day to inspect his property. Someone's busy learning. Isn't the son superior? No. He said, my father is superior. Now the question is, why didn't the son em emulate his father? If he thought his father was superior, so why didn't the son also inspect his property every day? Answer is, the son was sincere. He wanted to see himself. If he would inspect his property every day, It'll be a matter of beetle tires just for selfishness of money. If he reaches his father's madrega and emune, that everything belongs to Hashem, and then he inspects his property as a service to Hashem, 
That's not Bittul Torah. How the person has to, a kiddush levone, has to stop learning and go out to a kiddush levone. Whatever it is, you have to stop learning to do a mitzvah. It's also a mitzvah to save money, to protect your property. His father was great enough to understand that, and then his father was praised his wine. The son blamed himself for being inferior to his father. And when he came Ben he didn't do it like his father did, because then he would be deceiving himself. For him, learning Torah, he understands the mitzvah. Understand saving his property also mitzvah. He doesn't understand this clearly as he understands learning Torah. But his father understood that saving his property is absolutely a mitzvah. And therefore, even though it means beautiful Torah, like any other mitzvah, you stop learning to do the mitzvah. Now this is a subject that extends in all the areas of our lives to save, to protect the property, to not to have lights burning in the room, you don't need the room. Of course, you have to go back and forth. It's not safe to have a dark room. But suppose the light is burning in the room unnecessarily. So, put it out. Why should lights burn for nothing? Lights are burning in the shul upstairs. Everybody's sitting downstairs and learning. Sometimes I come in, 2 o'clock, I take a walk, come back. Lights are still burning upstairs in some cases. That's not right. You walk into the bathroom and people go home from the shoot. Sometimes the light remains all night in the bathrooms. That's not right. Not because you're mazik. Certainly you're mazik, the shul too. It costs money. But the most important thing is can't waste. Our Kodesh boss said, don't waste electricity. It's electricity, who cares if you waste the answer? Sure you care. It's one of the resources of Hashem. That's why you have to be careful not to spoil your environment. Let's say you have a, a lawn, don't walk on the grass. You have to protect the property. Walking back and forth on the grass, you're destroying. But I call this brother once as you go. Hashem said, Tadshay. Hashem said, let it go. So what are you interfering and you're spoiling it? And of the most important baltash is the gufe otif. Destroying the health of his body, that's the most important all. To be careless with his health. The person has to watch his teeth. Can't go to sleep with sugar of cake or candy between his teeth, has to brush his teeth to protect his teeth. Very important to teach children to do that. That's also Kemet's moment kosher. is saving kosher property. Teeth are kosher property. <coughs> Boys go to sleep late and dormitories sit around talk in the dormitory, because he's very late, they're destroying themselves, 
so many boys go to psychologists. I don't know if it'll help them, but their minds are disturbed for lack of sleep. Have to protect your health. Absolutely, you have to take care of yourself. In many ways, you have to guard your health. Now, not the place to say all the rules, but it's certainly important. And now we talk about safety. That's the biggest necessity, to be careful with your safety. Protect your body against damage. Be very careful when you walk in the streets, especially at nighttime. And people wear black suits to room people. From people with black suits at nighttime, so the motorists don't see you. Those who wear white things, white shirts, otherwise you can't see. It's dangerous to cross the streets at night. If you have to be careful, cross only when the other people are crossing. Or when you're 100% certain that the streets are deserted of cars. Very important. Safety is part of this baltashis. Now, this is used especially if a person has to go to the bathroom and he postpones. It's called baltashis de gufi, destroying his body. You don't postpone. When the call of nature comes, you must answer. Otherwise, you're destroying your body. Now, some people will think it's not a matter of a gashmayas. Don't realize that's called Avedas Hashem. Protecting all the things that Hashem gave you, whether it's your body or your property, whatever it is, Hashem is the owner of it. You have no right to destroy it. If a person commits suicide, it's a murder. Well known as a murder. And the truth is, it's worse than a murder. Because he doesn't have pity on himself, it's much worse than not having pity on somebody else. Only these foolish people say, well, it's my own body. If I want, I can give up my life. He's a murderer of the worst kind. Also, wasting time is also baltashis. It's different baltashis. Life is not long. If you live a very long life, every day is precious. And you see how people are wasting their mashes. They destroy their time. It's a terrible destruction. Life goes by. You'll never get it again. Mesha Abeno would love to come back for a minute in this world. Just one minute. You do something as a free will. Too late. Too late, never again. And therefore... Every minute is precious. You can't waste time. And sitting around talking, visiting especially, sit for a long time, sometimes an hour or two. It's mermamish self-destruction. It's finding ways and means of being polite and getting out of it, but save your life. Baltashchis of your time is a tremendous, not sin only, a tremendous contradiction to the Lord Hashem. He puts you into this world for a purpose. And he's going to hold you accountable for every minute of life. What did you do with this minute and that minute? The sitting around? 
And therefore, Baltasis of our days and our weeks and sometimes years, if people would learn just one line of Gemara a day, in 20 years, they'd have almost a Mesichta. They know it perfectly, Mesichta. And many people have been here t- more than 20 years and didn't learn anything at all, not even one line. It's a tragedy of tragedy. It's so easy to learn one line a day, know it perfectly. Of course, you can learn more than one line a day. You can make something out of yourself. If you learn five lines a day, no question. Twenty years, I've accomplished a tremendous amount. We're talking about the people, the wise people that learn more than five lines? Certainly. So the use of our lives is not up to us. It's our Kodesh Borahu who gave us those lives and expects us to utilize them properly. And we'll be held accountable for all the time that went by without achievement. Very much accountable. And therefore, this subject of Kimut's moment kosher being frugal with kosher money is not a limited subject as it seems from the title. It's a subject that covers almost everything in our lives. Our lives and our property, everything should be done in a way with, to realize that our Kodesh Borohu is the one who gave it to us and he wants it to be used only in the proper way. That Ayin Ches. The subject is Zrizis. Now, Zrizis could have been included in one of the previous spoken where he spoke about Charitzis. Charitzis meant to do things with energy, not to postpone. And to carry it out. That's the fourth paragraph. But there's a difference. Charitas is talking about doing something efficiently when you have a specific thing to do. You have a specific mitzvah. So do it with efficiency. Like it says in the motto, Whatever you do, think beforehand. Is that the proper thing to do? And when you finish up in your mind, you make a decision, that's what you should do, then get up busy, busily, and do it without delay. So any good thing that you intend to do, a mitzvah or anything else, first think it over. Sometimes, not so good. If it is good, you have to think how to do it. And once you plant it properly, get up and do it without delay. But Jesus is different. 
He's talking about a case where you have nothing specific to do. You teach yourself never to have spare time. What to do in your spare time, that's a different subject. But we must always train ourselves to utilize our time. Because time is the most precious thing that's life. We're in this world for time. And when we ask for long lives, not for the pleasure of long lives, we want more time to do things. Now, when people are wasting time, it's a form of committing suicide. And you see constantly that this is a regular practice. You see people sitting together, visiting, sometimes two hours pass by, and the entire visit was unnecessary. Even if they pass by, they say hello, or they call out would have been enough. Or you have to come, sit for five minutes, and then excuse yourself. When people visited him, he used to say, after a while, get a hand. He said, go home. Don't be embarrassed. Can't waste time. Now, what to do in your spare time, that's a problem. If you don't know, then you're going to waste time. Now, sometimes the person doesn't know. He says, tell him. Also not a waste of time. But there's so many things that if you learn that you could do, and we have no time to do all of them. And therefore, you should know time is so precious. There's so much to do. Maybe some of these things we'll discuss. First, we're going to turn to Iron Test. Next page. Sadi Dalit. Inein is boiler above he explained, she yeshmin in her noise, shall yetsuharah, that certain pleasures that the yetsuharah demands, and certain pleasures that the yetsuharah demands. There are certain pleasures that the yetsuharah requires us to do. What are they classified? Bahami, brutish pleasures? and sickly, and intellectual pleasures. A person has to serve his bere in both ways. Even the brute pleasures have to be done. Only your mind, your intellect, commands you to do these brute pleasures so therefore, not merely like a behemoth, you're doing it with a certain amount of seichel. Of course, the instincts that motivate you right now are brute. Let's say you're sitting down to eat the Sholem Tov Shabbos. You enjoy the Sholem Tov Shabbos, Mitzvah Enik Shabbos. But eating, of course, is a brute function. But your mind tells you Shabbos is a time when you have to be Became Oynik Shabbos, and so all you're doing it in a form of a beastly way, nevertheless, you're also doing it with the participation of your cycle. Many things that you have to do that are actually physical things, physical pleasures, and you can call them Yetzirah pleasures, 
But when your mind participates, then they have a virtue of being mitzvahs too. I say, eating the matzah. With a long time, that God was taking you a long time, you became hungry. And finally you came to eating the matzah. You enjoyed the matzah. Now, eating matzah should be with appetite. That's why you don't eat matzah the whole day before. Because you should eat matzah with appetite. It's more mitzvah. You don't eat a big meal on lunch Friday. In order to have appetite, Friday night to eat. And therefore, it's a physical pleasure, no question about it. Completely physical, you can't deny that. Nevertheless, the mind participates. So add, I'm eating the Shem Shemayim. Very important addition. And don't say it's nothing but the self-deception. But adding these words, you're transforming that act into Avedas Hashem. I'm eating Shabbos, let's say, to celebrate the creation of the world out of nothing. Avshadon once ate Shabbos in my house. Avshadon is a friend of mine. So he said, when something was given to eat, he said, the shame Shabbos Kodesh, every time. The shame Shabbos Kodesh. Now by doing that, you're old, you're transforming this into a very important act. Any mitzvah that's pleasurable physically, if you add a kavanah to Shem Shemayim, you're, important, you're doing a great act, because I call this who prefers an act to be done with gusto. And when you do it with pleasure of the body, is more gusto in it. Like when Yitzchak wanted to give a bracha to his son Esau, he said, go out and bring me venison. Deer meat, roasted venison, like I love. It means, make it in a way that you know I appreciate it. And then I'll give you a good bracha. Did Yitzhak need the venison that the son will bring him to motivate him to give his son a bracha? He loved his son, Esau. And so is Yitzhak knew that when you get a physical pleasure with someone, you're more indebted with gratitude towards him. As he was eating that pleasant meal, he was thinking, it's my son who God gave this to me. And therefore, the bracha that came out later was a more heartfelt bracha. They say, you love your children. Even Gentiles love their children. Nevertheless, love your children. Don't, don't hesitate to love them. Love your children. And say, I love them because I call this brother who loves them. They've been there you soil. You have to let her come here as a mitzvah to love a fellow Jew. My sons and daughters are fellow Jews. Adding that kavana. Otherwise, you're an Italian. Everybody loves their children. You're adding the kavana. I love my children because they are Am Hashem. Am HaKodesh. Every Jew is Kodesh. He says, I call it what says. He says, you shouldn't eat any nevelas. Those who don't eat nevelas, those who eat kosher, are an Am Kodesh. Those who don't mix milk and milk together, are Am Kodesh. And so, your children surely obey the dinim of Kashlis. More than that, you should love them because they are Shem's Am Kodesh. 
And especially because Hashem loves them. Hashem loves your children. So again and again, everywhere in the Tanakh. If Hashem loves them, then I'm going to be like Hashem and love them too. Why not everybody? Answer it on your own shoulders. It's easier. It's come with more pleasure, more gusto. So you love your children. And with the Kavona, I'm loving him because Hashem wants me to love a fellow Jew, love the holy nation, and so on. Same as with a wife, or any form of love that people would indulge in anyhow, brothers, sisters, and add the Machshove, I'm doing it to serve Hashem. Now there's some pleasures, however, that the mind indulges in. Different kind of pleasures entirely. And the physical had no share in it. But there are no less pleasures. If you get a pleasure out of thinking certain noble thoughts, a pleasure out of learning, that pleasure is not a physical pleasure. However, the reward for that is the reward for a real mitzvah, in a certain sense, is more reward because you're doing it only because of your motivations to serve Hashem. That's what he's talking about here. The two kinds of pleasures, Bahami and Sikhli. Again, the second line, El Shechayev Odom, It's your duty to serve your Creator with both, with the brutal pleasures and with the intellectual pleasures. The Fikoch, Tzorif, Shehu, Levatel, Gam, Kemik, Satsunayim, Yom, Nochayim. Therefore, you should give away a little time of your life. The Leilamitz, it's now Shabahamis, in order to encourage his physical nature. person has a physical nature. person is partly animal. His physical nature, he has to encourage it by making it happy. Like it says in Sefer Shevet Musa, very strong Musa Sefer, nevertheless he said, in case you have to get more peace of mind, you can take a walk in the park, he says. You can walk in the park. The Shem Mitzvah, anything that's a good purpose, you can do that. And therefore, that also should be done. But the most important of your interests in life have to be to gain the pleasures of the Nishomo El Learn pleasures that are independent of the body. Now, there's a pleasure in Davin. No question. Davin can be a very great pleasure. Sadiqin used to melt away in happiness in that Phyllis. Love of Hashem. They learned to love Hashem more and more than they spoke to Him. Other tzaddikim, or the same ones, also found great pleasure in thinking about what Hashem does for them. Their minds are full of thoughts. What Hashem is doing for me? Look, He's keeping me well. And he's feeding me, and he's clothing me, he's protecting me from trouble. The world has so many things happening, but to me, I call this brother, is always protecting me. I've had a fire in my house, 
and never broke your bone, Bodo Hashem, that's a, that's some thoughts of Sadiqim. Other thoughts, other thoughts of Bechina, that Chavis Halavavis said, looking at all things in nature and seeing the handiwork of Hashem, looking at a, a, a peach and being amazed at the peach pit. Why is it so hard? You can't even break it with a monkey wrench. And the answer is, it's supposed to protect the seed inside. Seed inside tastes good. If animals could break it open with their teeth, they would eat it. And no peach tree would grow. But Hashem wants to protect that seed. So he puts the hardest material in the tree around that peach seed. And yet, when you put the peach seed in the ground, it opens up by itself. Such thoughts are available everywhere. All of nature is made for their purpose. We should recognize the bird. The famous Haldovas insists on this. He says, and I call this Bodo who made the world for that purpose. Like it says, Elikim also, Sheyiru Melifar. Elikim made the world in order that people should learn to fear him. The world is made in such a way that it teaches us about the greatness of Hashem, his wisdom, his plan and purpose in everything. Wherever you look, you see infinite design. It's the purpose of making us wise and recognizing Hashem. Otherwise, our awareness of Hashem is only a theory. We don't see Hashem with our own eyes unless we begin recognizing His handiwork everywhere. Then you see that Yad Hashem almost as if you saw a Kodesh Boro for Himself. You see, why is a rose bush protected with thorns? For the roses are so beautiful. A beautiful fragrance, beautiful color. And people would like to steal those rose bushes and pull them up. As they start pulling them up, the thorns are pointing downwards, meet their hand and pierce their hand to discourage them. So you see the rose bush is armed to protect itself against these. Not an accident. If you're not accustomed to thinking this, it doesn't make much of an impression. But to train yourself to recognize Hashem. Now these are only part of the thoughts. The Swarm have many things. The world is too short. Life is too short for us to fulfill all these things. We'd like to live a thousand years in order to think all of these things out. But at least the little bit of life that we do have, we shouldn't waste. The no such thing as sitting around just talking or just uh, lounging. No, a person should never do that. That's the carbona of this meter. Again, to make the main purpose in our lives, least to enjoy ourselves with the pleasures of the upper soul, with the higher soul, not the lower soul, the animal soul, to learn how to enjoy this, learn how to enjoy a piece of Gemara. Oh, it takes time. Learn how to enjoy it. Review it over there again. Turn it over in your mouth. Think it over. And you get a certain mystikus. David Amelva did that. He said, To me, it's sweeter than honey and from the honeycomb. And he's not exaggerating. To David Amelva, the words of her were really sweet. 
more to be desired than gold. Suppose you would find gold in the street. You'd be very happy. Golden coins would make you very happy. If you find a one statement of the Gemara, it can make you happy. Even more happy. That's what he says. More desirable than gold. So you see, by learning Torah, if you get accustomed to the idea, it's going to become very, very delicious to you. Like you say in the Boche, the Harev no Hashem Hashem, please make sweet the words of the Torah in our mouths. And that's an objective, to learn how to utilize our lives. We shouldn't have any spare time. When you sit down, even to eat, unless your wife is present, you wants to talk to you, otherwise, even when you eat, you can think noble thoughts that will be a fulfillment of great mistress. Because you look at the food and you marvel. At why is it that the food tastes so good? Why doesn't food taste like cockroaches or like vinegar or like gasoline? You have to eat it anyhow to live. No, food tastes good. All food that we eat tastes good. I don't think it made it taste good. Actually, it tastes good. You roast a piece of meat, it tastes good. And therefore, we have to utilize our minds to think these thoughts. Now, because most people are not accustomed to that. But it's a pity. They're not taught how to utilize their lives. If you don't know what to do, take a gemara, take a tiller. Make sure you don't waste any time. That's what he's telling us here. Get accustomed to giving certain pleasures, even though right now they're not pleasures. But learn to do them in a way that will make it pleasurable to you. You'll enjoy these things. You're higher in the Shema will find pleasure in these things. That the Shema should become more imperfect from day to day. The more you engage in these intellectual mitzvahs, the greater it will become. Every day in your life you're making progress. The pity should stand still and be the same today as it were yesterday. Every day you can add. Sha'al yadei kach, nikroyim yemei chayim anishim. By means of this, your life is called human lives. Otherwise, they're animal lives. It continues to plod on. Like this sheep. Yesterday was like uh, today. Today, like tomorrow. But a human has to go ahead. And today, the way he davens today, is not the way he davens yesterday. He's adding always. What he learned today, not what he learned yesterday. What he thought today, didn't think yesterday. They thought additional thoughts. And he walked in the street, he was thinking, how lucky I am I can walk. I'm making it so they go there. If you never thought it before, think it over, you can walk. Not in a wheelchair. How many people have to tap their way with canes? But you can see, Prokeach Ibrahim. Didn't think that before? Learn to think it now. Open up your eyes. So utilize your mind every day to make progress. That's called human, de- human days, not animal days. Lokein not showing, but the Shoim are not so. The Shoim, me'abdim is helkon, the Chayim. They come out of They destroy they are part of this life. This share in the life. I mean, their days, they destroy by living uselessly. Even without any mitzvahs. 
Even though they have a SME, even though they have a Rishoyim, they're wasting their lives. They're amazing, they're dying while they're alive. And they turn into monkeys. They say like this. There's a case once where a monkey stole a little child, a human child. 